0: Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to The Corbett Report. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you, as always, from the sunny climes of Western Japan here in March of 2023. You are tuned into Questions for Corbett, that series where I open up the mailbag and answer questions from the audience. And today's question comes in from Dream Weaver, who writes, Have been hearing murmurings of mandated livestock mRNA jabs being legislated in countries like the U.S., Australia, and possibly Canada. Even heard something about vaccinating them against climate change, for heaven's sake. Anyway, I've been having a difficult time finding out if any laws have been passed in this regard in Canada and wondered if you could provide more information regarding what people might be buying in the grocery stores. I know that they mandated the COVID-1984 shot for zoo animals earlier on in this pandemic, but I'm having trouble finding anything regarding livestock and mRNA. Thanks a lot. Maybe a Q4C episode on this would help people avoid potential harm unwittingly by eating meat that is already laden with mRNA. Thank you for being so solution-oriented. You're welcome, Dreamweaver, and thank you for the question. It is a good question and a very timely one, because as you and other people out in the audience might have seen, this particular topic has been raised quite quite a lot in the past few months in the media, both alternative and mainstream. For example, you might have seen this clip of Bill Gates circulating recently that purports to show him bragging about force vaccinating the unjabbed by slipping vaccines into the food supply via genetic modification of livestock?
1: Well, the Gates Foundation has partnered with Diffid on a great number of things, and uh, among those are, are work we do together on livestock. Uh, helping animals survive, uh, either by having vaccines or better genetics, uh, helping them be more productive. It's making a big difference. Uh, you know, I was down in Ethiopia seeing how chickens are out there, uh, laying more eggs, getting more nutrition, uh, and even some small savings into the household. So, uh, Edinburgh happens to be where A lot of the world's best work on this is done, and that's why uh, Diffid and the Gates Foundation are, are funding scientists here.
0: Or perhaps you found yourself on Instagram and you clicked through the false information tag on this post in order to see a report which comes in the form of a screenshot from an unknown source that some unidentified person heard from their unidentified friend that her unidentified neighbor is claiming that they are now forced to vaccinate their herd with an mRNA vaccine in NSW, New South Wales. Or perhaps you saw a World Tribune report. mRNA vaccines may be injected into livestock. The mRNA vaccines may, at some point, be injected into livestock and companion animals, according to this report. And you might have thought to yourself, wow, there certainly seems to be something going on here. But, of course, we are just poor, helpless children who cannot possibly think like grown adults, check sources for ourselves, triangulate triangulate information, or, or rely on our own resources in order to discern fact from fiction. If only there was someone we could turn to to Sort this all out for us and tell us what is really happening. And thus, we will turn to the mantra of the normies, WWTFCS. What would the fact checker say? And if you did delve into that, you might see, for example, the fact check from the uh, meta TikTok Google-funded health feedback, which would tell you that the Gates clip that we were uh, witnessing there was, in fact, originally shared on Twitter in January of 2018, well before all this COVID stuff started. I'm not sure what relevance the timing of the clip has to the, what is being shown in the clip, but anyway, it's important to point out this was all pre-COVID. And also that although the clip does show Bill uh, Gates talking about a Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation co-funded project... Um, that is developing new livestock vaccines that could improve the animal's health, it does note that neither Gates nor the project website mentioned that any of the animal vaccines under development used mRNA technology. And therefore, since it doesn't say if it is or is not, if they are or or not investigating mRNA vaccines, therefore, they're not. <laughs> we'll just assume they're not. <laughs> Fact check, guys. Fact checking. Anyway, uh, we could also turn to the... Uh, the fact-checkers at the Gates Omidyar U.S. State Department-funded International Fact-Checking Network partner USA Today Fact Check, um, which would inform you that there are no mandatory vaccinations for cattle in New South Wales, and mRNA vaccines are still in development, according to the state government. And furthermore, officials have received no reports of any cattle dying from other vaccines. You, misinformation spreaders, you. And then we could turn, if if we're not satisfied with that, we could turn to the meta TikTok uh, Google EU French government funded AFP fact checkers who would clarify that uh, there are no mRNA vaccines approved for use in livestock in Australia as of October 11th, 2022. And furthermore, we could also find from AFP Fact Check that the idea that you could inadvertently receive messenger RNA uh, from vaccines by eating meat from inoculated farm animals is not how mRNA vaccines work, and there are no such shots approved for livestock in the U.S. So, breathe a sigh of relief, everyone. I guess this is all debunked. The fact checkers have told us so. But, you know, still, it occurs to me that once or twice that I can think of in the time that I've been doing this work, maybe just once or twice, the fact checkers have, you know, misrepresented claims, taken the weakest possible strawman arguments to then knock over, uh, skewed facts and details, uh, hidden context about what is really being discussed or broached here in order to debunk something. So, hmm, maybe, maybe this deserves a tiny bit more scrutiny. What do you think? All right. Okay. So let's start to sort out some of the questions that are really being raised here by Dreamweaver and I'm sure others in the audience who genuinely want to know about this subject. So one, the if the question is, are mRNA vaccines being developed For livestock the answer is you bet they are in fact this is admitted by all of these same fact checkers in the same fact check articles where they debunk this information for example yes there are no mandatory vaccinations for cattle in new south wales and mrna vaccines are still in development. Well, I guess that means they're developing them, right? Oh yeah, you better believe it. For example, as they go on to report, the mRNA vaccines for lumpy skin disease and foot and mouth disease are still in the development stage, according to a September 28th press release. The government is challenging the vaccine manufacturers to have the inoculations ready for use by August 2023. It's critical that we develop mRNA vaccines for MF, FMD and lumpy skin as quickly as possible to protect our state's livestock sector, the Minister for Agriculture said in the press release. <laughs> hmm. So you crazy, crazy conspiracy theorists are spreading this misinformation that they're, they're trying to force inoculate herds in New South Wales uh, with mRNA vaccines. That's not happening well, okay, it's happening, but it hasn't happened yet. (laughs) So what exactly is being debunked here? Might be the question. Uh, AFP also similarly points out that the representative for the New South Wales Deputy Premier um, uh, uh, separately told the AFP, the New South Wales government has not mandated the use of a vaccine in livestock. Our challenge is to develop one. That's right, develop one. So it's coming, but it's not here yet. Therefore, you're all liars. Hmm. But that, that does kind of raise the question for me. I wonder what the uh, I wonder what the title of that September 28th press release from the New South Wales government that they're talking about is. Oh, that's right. New South Wales Fast Tracks mRNA, FMD, and Lumpy Skin Disease Vaccines. So <laughs> kind of burying the, uh, the punchline there a little bit, aren't they, in this fact-check about mRNA vaccines in New South Wales. Oh, it's this crazy conspiracy theory that started, oh, as a result of this press release from the New South Wales government confirming that they are desperately, quickly, fast-tracking development of mRNA vaccines for injection into livestock in the food supply. So does that, does that go some way towards answering this question? Maybe, but there's a lot more information that we could get. For example, again, just on the general topic, R mRNA vaccines being developed for livestock. Again, yes. Resounding yes. That is under development. We could turn to the um, the Veterinary Infectious Diseases Journal from April of 2021, talking about novel vac- vaccine technologies in veterinary medicine, a herald to human medicine vaccines. And they are talking about various types of vaccine technologies under development, including DNA, RNA, and recombinant viral vector vaccines, and um, they go through an extensive list of vaccines that are already approved, and some that are in development um, for various in various ways that will function in. Uh, with novel technologies, third generation vaccine t- technologies, as they've taken to calling it, in the scientific literature. Uh, you could continue exploring um, more specifically. Here's, let's hone in on something very specific from Iowa State University, which received a, a grant to study from the USDA to study novel mRNA vaccine technology for prevention of bovine RSV rsv might have been in the news lately as you've seen and well here's the bovine rsv mrna vaccine that was being well a grant was being done to study the development of that vaccine that the project start date was 2021 the projected end date september 30th 2026. so presumably still in development still in research but it is underway it is happening even as i speak But that's not all, of course. You could turn to the Livestock Research Innovation Corporation for a particularly creepy document, The Future of Livestock Vaccines, which talks about the different types of livestock vaccines that are now available and that are coming online, the modified live vaccines and the non-living vaccines, which include... Uh, DNA plasmid vaccines and alpha virus replicons. The RNA vac- this RNA vaccine includes production of endogenous antigens. However, they are more stable than DNA plasmids and more efficient as they can enter through the cell cytoplasm. Yay. And uh, it goes on to talk in, as I say, some kind of creepy detail about these vaccines and how the cultural change is now happening. Because, of course, prior to COVID-19, few people had heard of mRNA, and now many millions worldwide have been vaccinated as a result of that technology. The mRNA technology made vaccine manufacturers rethink their traditional way to produce vaccines. Still, a lot of research is needed, and mRNA might not be a solution for all kinds of diseases blah, blah, blah. But hey, you know, resulting from the pandemic, society is more attuned to the one health concept. And so vaccination of livestock will be seen as part of a larger health picture, one that includes humans and the environment. If you do not understand the importance of this one health concept that is now being pushed by the World Health Organization and every other major globalist institution in the world right now as part of this holistic, we must, uh, planetary health. Your health is dependent on the health of the livestock. And so we have to vaccinate them. It's, you're not wearing the mask for you. You're wearing the mask for everyone else. The The cattle are being injected for you, for your sake. It's all one health. If you do not understand about one health and its incredible importance in this greater agenda, I would suggest that you uh, check out my previous uh, monthly conversations with Merrill Nass over on CHD TV about the rollout of the WHO pandemic treaty and how one health is going to be an important integral part of that. And here you get to see how it's being used to justify the insertion of mRNA vaccines into the livestock food supply. Um, but on a more general note, uh, I find it interesting to note that back in 2016, back before, all of the craziness of the scandemic. And thus, before the COVID-19 censorship, 1984, censorship regime really got kicked off and people were still allowed to talk about big pharma and their push to spread their products as far as they can because... That's the business that they're in, but you're not allowed to say that anymore, apparently. Anyway, from 2016, Fierce Pharma was reporting, Big Pharma pushes to get farm animals off antibiotics and on vaccines, and they note that Eli Lilly had recently opened a 48,000-square-foot research facility near Indianapolis that's operated by its animal health division, Elanco, Elanco, and that has one overriding goal— to develop vaccines that food producers can use in place of the antibiotics that they're under increasing pressure to eliminate. And they talk about an FDA um, regulation that is going to, at that time in 2016, prohibit companies from selling antibiotics for non-medical uses, like promoting growth, and require farmers who want to use antibiotics in their animals to get the drugs from veterinarians. Yay. Yay. Yay? Yay? Well, yeah, get get the, these antibiotics are clearly not a good thing to be inject injecting to be inserting into the food supply via these uh, feeding it to the livestock. Maybe let's get rid of that and replace it with vaccines. And so we see this vaccine push that really kicked off in earnest in 2016 and what kind of vaccines were they considering back then in 2016? Oh, Bayer partners with Biontech to develop mRNA vaccines, drugs for animal health. Yes talking about the Bayer Biontech joint venture there it started kicked off in 2016 so it's been un- ongoing for oh i guess we're into the 7th year now of this development of mRNA te- vaccine technology specifically for livestock so this is this is not this is not puzzling this is not uh, uh something that we have to speculate about we can get this from a lot of places um robert malone um for example was talking about this in his article where he notes that although there are laws that have been put in place that ensure that uh human trials of vaccines and other experimental drugs are available via and searchable the results are searchable by th- things like gl- uh, clinicaltrials.gov website etc but there, With animals, there's no such database. mRNA vaccines in the animal health or veterinary markets are difficult to track until the company or the USDA is ready to release information on that product's development or release. The USDA and or the NIH have no mechanism for tracking potential new vaccines, drugs, or biologics for the animal market. Press releases, the occasional peer-reviewed paper, conference notes, USDA grant and contract notifications, university websites, and company profiles for discovery of such new products. Not adequate, in my opinion, and most definitely not transparent. By federal law, the public should have open access to the results of this type of federally funded research. And he goes on to talk about uh, the mRNA vaccines that, uh, as we just saw, were being developed even as far back as 2016. And talking about in 2021, Bayer getting ready to manufacture mRNA vaccines in Germany. And we know that Bayer was tied in with BioNTech looking at animal vaccines since 2016. Do you think it's working? Oh, and then there's this, well, sequivity, custom swine vaccines using RNA vaccines. So here, this brings us to an interesting question, a sort of follow-up. The first question, are these mRNA vaccines for livestock being developed? Ding, ding, ding. Yes, they are. Demonstrably so. Even the fact checkers admit it. And as we've just seen, there's plenty of information out there on the fact that this research is ongoing. Not so much information about the results of that research, as Robert Malone points out. But I guess the secondary question then is, okay, so are any of these vaccines mandated or even approved at this point? Well, as the fact checkers say, no. For example, New South Wales does not have any mRNA vaccine mandate. They don't even have any approved. They're just desperately fast-tracking the development of mRNA vaccines and saying, we need to have these mRNA vaccines, but nothing's been approved yet. <laughs> they might not approve it once they, once they fast-track it into existence, guys. Honest. Um, but, uh, well, actually, this raises the, uh, the question that, uh, that Robert Malone is raising here, for example, with sequiviti, sequividi. Seg- seg- sequividi. Sequivity. (laughs) It just rolls off the tongue, guys. Um, Which is what exactly? Well, we can take it from um, this. Well, if I can type, we could take it from this uh, article that we were looking at earlier about the third generation vaccine technologies that are coming online. There's Sequivity, a swine influenza A virus vaccine. Um, which uh, is a third generation vac- vaccine technology that employs the Sequivity RNA particle technology, an alphavirus replicon vector system. Derived from the attenuated TC83 strain of VEEV, this vaccine has not been shown to be efficacious when given in the presence of maternal antibodies, but does induce induce a strong humoral and cell-mediated immune response in animals without maternal antibodies. Additionally, this vaccine platform allows the option for veterinary prescription or customized vaccines, similar to autogenous vaccines autogenous vaccines, in which individualized single or multivalent formulations can be produced on a case-by-case basis. Accordingly, an immunogenicity and efficacy trial evaluating an H3RP vaccine showed this vaccine platform elicited protective serologic response within three weeks of receiving the boost vaccination. Uh, indeed Induced a specific IFNY response, prevented detectable nasal shedding in a partridge in a pear tree. I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on TV, but, hmm, RNA particle technology alpha virus replicon vector system. Uh, I don't know. Again, I'm no expert on these things, but it sounds a lot like some sort of mRNA platform without the M. Right, And that does raise the sort of the larger question here is that perhaps, although we should obviously be looking at, thinking about, watching out for mRNA vaccines being inserted into the food supply via the livestock, yes, this is absolutely something we should be looking at, but maybe we should broaden the scope of our concerns here. It's not simply our mRNA vaccine technology. There's a lot of third generation vaccine technologies that all operate on these odd platforms for, oh, RN, don't worry, the RNA will be encoded by, uh, to, will be inserted to encode proteins or DNA vaccines, for example. And that raises the question, are DNA vaccines being worked on right now for animal use? Oh yeah, you better believe it. So for example, we have the expert review of vaccines from uh, 2009, DNA vaccines in veterinary use talking about the new frontier in vaccine technology, which was coming into view 14 years ago. So yeah, I think they've probably been working on that. What do you think? Um, yeah, so DNA vaccines, RNA particle vaccines, there's many different types of things that they, are, as I pointed out in my report on the future of vaccines, there's a whole bunch of technologies that are coming online right now that they're going to call vaccines that function in these Odd ways that have not been used before that we should also be concerned about in human use, obviously, but also in veterinary use, in animal use, in livestock use. There are many ways that this can enter into the, uh, the ecosystem generally. Um, specifically, Dreamweaver was asking about the Government of Canada and what it has approved or not approved. The closest I could get on a preliminary search. Um, to answering that question, is veterinary biologics licensed in Canada? Which, again, veterinary, to me, does not indicate that this is necessarily for the food supply. It certainly could just be for animals, um, domestic animals. But uh, if you go down here, you can sort by species, including, for example, bovine or avian, for example. So um, porcine, so presumably, including livestock, and you can sort by manufacturer as well. I have taken the liberty of downloading the entire CSV of the entire list of biologics, which, for people who don't know, is all sorts of uh, uh, things to do with uh, blood tests and 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 things that can be asserted um, via the bloodstream, as well as of course vaccines. So CSV XML format. I have downloaded the CF- CSV of this. You're welcome very much, and. Um, You can do a quick search. For example, just uh, search for... I I did search for sequivity. That is not on this list at any rate. Um, But RNA, well, there is an RNA particle um, vaccine, which we just saw is what sequivity is apparently uh, running on, uh, that's uh, approved for the rotavirus vaccine by prescription from um, Platform Product. Um, Again make of this list what you will. Um, But these are the officially listed, uh, approved, licensed vaccines in Canada. So there's quite a few to go through. And uh, many of them are the old, the old-fashioned live virus vaccines, as opposed to the newfangled third-generation technology. But there's a list for you of of what has been approved. Uh, I would assume that as soon as an mRNA vaccine from Whoever Moderna or whoever gets approved for use in Canada, I would assume there would be at the very least a press release about it. But as as Robert Malone was saying, it's difficult to find information about this until it's announced to the public and there's a press release. And oh, by the way, we've just approved this. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of information to go through here. But the long and short of it is, yes, these novel third generation vaccine technologies are being developed right now all around the world. And they uh, governments like the New South Wales government have said that they are fast tracking it because they desperately want to bring these online and essentially pump them into the livestock. So I guess this raises the third part of this question, which is, is this dangerous? Is this how vaccines work? If If the livestock is vaccinated with some mRNA vaccine, is that going to change the DNA of that livestock? And then even if it did, and then we ate that livestock, would that affect us? Is is this how this all works? Well, not according to the fact checkers. So again, you can find out more information on that from AFP fact check, for example, vaccination administered through livestock. No, mRNA vaccine cannot transfer through meat consumption, they tell you. And they cite such Renowned, world-renowned expert, says Dr. Paul Offit on
1: the matter. Hi, my name is Paul Offit from the Vaccine Education Center. Uh, We've entered a new realm of vaccines, the so-called genetic vaccines, where you give people not a, a, a whole virus or a weakened virus or just part of the virus. Rather, now what you give them is the gene that codes for a viral protein. So this is now the genetic era of vaccines. And people can reasonably be concerned. Is it possible then that these genetic vaccines could in any sense alter my DNA? So right now, and this is January 12th of 2021, we have two vaccines that are currently being used in the United States. Both are messenger RNA vaccines. Can that messenger RNA, after it's taken up into the cell, alter our DNA? So here's how it works. The, The messenger RNA is encased in a small lipid droplet, Um, a so-called lipid nanoparticle, a fatty nanoparticle, um, that then is taken up by the cell and that lipid droplet is then stripped away. The messenger RNA is then um, translated to a protein in the cytoplasm of the cell. Now, DNA is not in the cytoplasm of the cell, it's in the nucleus of the cell. So in order for the, the mRNA, the messenger RNA, to get into the nucleus, first it has to cross the nuclear membrane, which means it requires a nuclear access signal kind of like a lock and a key, or a key and a lock, and it doesn't have that. Therefore, it actually can't ever get into the nucleus. But even if it could get into the nucleus, it's, it's RNA, it's not DNA, it's a different language. So it needs to be then trans, reverse transcribed to DNA. In order to do that, it requires the enzyme reverse transcriptase, which it doesn't have. So it can't really get into the DNA, into the, into the nucleus where the DNA resides. And messenger RNA doesn't really have the enzyme that allows it to be reverse transcribed to DNA. Even if it were reverse transcribed to DNA, which it's not because it can't be, it would still need to integrate into the DNA with an enzyme called integrase, which it also doesn't have. So for all three reasons, the fact that the mRNA can't enter the nucleus, the fact that the mRNA isn't DNA and would need to be translated or reverse transcribed back to DNA and because it can't be integrated into DNA, it is not possible for messenger RNA to alter DNA. The chance of that happening is not small. It's zero. It is not possible. Thank you.
0: Oh, well, coming from the very experts that we know we can trust from the last few years of scandemic expertise that they have so obviously demonstrated, I'm sure we can all breathe a big old sigh of relief. There you go. There's no possible way that this could affect... Hmm. Still, you know, it's possible. I mean, I have heard that even monkeys fall from trees, so it may be possible that some of these experts may have a thing or two wrong here and there that they might find out about later. And they may actually be talking about a very limited part of this problem as opposed to the more... Widespread concern that people have. So, for example, let's harken back to that previously mentioned Future of Vaccines podcast that I did in December of 2020, mind you. I think it's worth revisiting because I think it said a number of things that were quite relevant to what has unfolded in the last past couple of years, but one of which is you might remember that I cited, I quoted directly from, a moderna white paper on mrna vaccines disruptive innovation in vaccination where they were talking about the relative uh the relative benefits of mrna vaccines over such things as oh i don't know dna vaccines um, so they note in this white paper that for some reason has been scrubbed from their website or at least isn't at its old, old link, but it's still on the Wayback Machine. Uh, they they note that DNA vaccines uh, work began 30 years ago, but as yet there are no licensed DNA vaccines. Again, this is from I believe this report was from 2017. Um, but they talk about the key challenge associated with DNA vaccines is that they must penetrate the cell nucleus, crossing two membranes: the cytoplasm and the nucleus. So doing exactly what. Don't worry, the mRNA vaccines can't do this, but that's exactly what the DNA vaccines must do. The DNA must then be transcribed in the nucleus into mRNA before moving to cytoplasm to stimulate antigen production. So again, keep in mind all of those things that Offit was assuring you, don't worry, the mRNA vaccines aren't doing this. What about the DNA vaccines, which we know that they are also developing have developed, are working on, have been licensed, approved, I don't know, let's check the fact checkers. Um, this core complex pathway onto often requires both larger doses and special, often painful delivery devices using electric shocks or gold microspheres into person's skin to deliver the DNA vaccine. Keep in mind this was 2017, it's 2023, they are working on multiple different DNA vaccine delivery platforms and some of them are already in use. Uh, But once inside the DNA, inside the nucleus, you better believe DNA vaccines have a risk of permanently changing a person's DNA. (laughs) Straight from the Moderna white paper, they are saying DNA vaccines, not mRNA vaccines, DNA vaccines have a risk of permanently changing a person's DNA. That's why we're going with mRNA vaccines, which again, you can trust them totally that don't worry guys, it operates so differently. There's There's no possible way it could reverse transcribe into your gene. Well... I mean, it's theoretically possible, but it wouldn't happen that way. Don't worry, guys. We'll find out about it in 20 years, maybe. Anyway, so as you see, third-generation vaccine technologies is a much wider umbrella than simply mRNA. And when people hyperfocus on the mRNA part of it, that's a great opportunity for the fact-checkers to come along and debunk those claims about that specific thing under that specific label. And if it ever comes to the point where they need to debunk it, even though it's actually verifiably true, they'll just change the name. So it won't be called mRNA vaccines. It'll be called something else. And then they'll be able to dismiss. You see how this game works. Um... But I think there there are a few things we can take away from this. Um, One is that, okay, let's totally trust the experts and the fact checkers and all the people who so demonstrably have proven that they have our best interests in mind. But let's look at the bigger, broader question that is implicit in this entire enterprise, which is not specifically, is this particular type of technology defined in this particular way currently being inserted into livestock uh, th- that has killed x number of livestock is that really the claim or are we are we talking about a much bigger concern that people have justified or not of various things being slipped into the food supply via the the livestock for example and if that is the concern well how about this interesting little question from Quanta Magazine from 2020. Can vaccines for wildlife prevent human pandemics? Huh? Studies suggest that self-disseminating vaccines could prevent the spillover of animal viruses into humans as pandemic diseases. And so this article raises the specter of these self-disseminating vaccines given to wildlife for the purposes of inoculating humans. But what if we could prevent the next pandemic by stopping its spread in animals before it jumped to us? Could this be achieved with vaccines that spread through a wild population on their own? Some scientists think so. Recently in Nature, Ecology, and Evolution, a pair of biologists at the University of Idaho argued for that approach. The idea of self-disseminating vaccines has floated through epidemiological circles for decades, conceived mainly as a tool for protecting the health of wildlife. But the mathematical biologist, Scott and Wismer, mathematical biologist, and the evolutionary biologist, James Bull have refreshed the proposal with evidence from their own modeling and other experimental work, which suggests that self-disseminating vaccines could be a safe and practical, safe and effective guys, way to head off zoon- zoonotic pandemics as well. The idea still has hurdles to clear before it can be put into practice, but researchers reached for comment were generally intrigued by its potential. And they talk about uh, various ways this could happen, transferable vaccines. So you could, um, for example, uh, put some kind of paste on the uh, on the wings of bats that then through grooming practices would spread that pace throughout the, the collection of bats within a cave or within a population, and eventually you, you directly vaccinate one bat, but ultimately it spreads to the entire population through that one bat. But more to the point, how about transmissible vaccines? The second type of self-disseminating vaccines, the transmissible ones, consist of live modified va- va- viruses that propagate a weakened form of a disease and they would be ideal for large wild populations because even just a few individuals, individual animals vaccinated with them could spread immunity widely. And so they talk about, uh, this isn't theoretical, at least one real world field study supports the idea that transmissible vaccines can be both safe and effective trademark copyright, at eradicating a deadly disease in wildlife. In the 1990s, a team led by Jose Manuel Sanchez Viscano, a veterinarian then at the Animal Health Research Center in Madrid, created a recombinant live vaccine to protect rabbits from a lethal hemorrhagic disease. Uh, When they tested it on a small island off the coast of Spain, the vaccine seemed to spread to more than half of the local rabbit population. Hmm. Well, I wonder how that could play out uh, as we move forward. And I wonder if that might have something to do with this broader question of the vaccination of animals generally, livestock on farms or wildlife even. And how is the... So are we going to stop it spreading in animals before it spreads to humans? What if the idea is to get it to spread from the animals to humans, the vaccine to spread from animals to humans? Could that be done? Hmm... I wonder if they're working on that. All right. As I say, this is a, a much bigger can of worms than the specifics of this one particular question about cattle in New South Wales being dying from being forced inoculated mRNA or something along those lines. This is about a much, much bigger topic. And I... Oh, there, is a, there are a ton of show notes for you to go through in this episode. So, of course, I will exhort you to go to corporatereport.com QFC hyphen, livestock, for all of the show notes related to this topic, and uh, again, it's a a lot of information to go through, and this is just beginning to open the conversation. There's obviously much more to say, but let's take a few things out of this. First of all, yes, this is about a much, much, much bigger question than the fact-checkers are apparently debunking. Don't worry, they've debunked this particular claim by showing that that Gates video you just saw was actually from 2018. So, <laughs> was he not saying those things? Oh, he wasn't saying it about mRNA in particular, or at least his website doesn't say it was about mRNA in particular. So, you see how that works, how that game functions. It is the fact-checking game, but that will be no surprise to my regular viewers and listeners. Uh, I think the second thing we can take away from this is, uh, don't worry, guys. I'm sure that the uh, the, the people who, of course, are uh, devout believers in my body, my choice, and who advocate and campaign for transparency will be totally fine with having an open, honest, public dissemination of information and debate about well, what do we need to vaccinate livestock populations? And in what way? What what vaccine should be approved? And oh, by the way, here's a new third-generation vaccine technology that has just been approved for use for, the, for livestock. Let's have an, a big conversation about it and make sure it's properly labeled so everyone can see where their food is derived from and they can be the arbiters, the choice of what goes in their body, right? That's exactly how this all works, right? Uh, oh, sorry, no. Whoa, I... I got lost in dream world for a second there. No, I I think we can expect that that is exactly not how it will work. And anyone who actually does want campaign for demand uh, transparency on matters like this will be branded as a horrible, racist, misogynist, whatever, for daring to care about what's going in their body when they have been told by the experts the trust the scientists that it is perfectly fine. And so you're a horrible person if you think otherwise. But... Also, I hope you have seen today, demonstrated for you, that there seems to be an interesting symbiosis, does there not, between the, those parts of the alternative media that post random screenshots of some sort of conversation between unidentified people talking about something they heard from some other unidentified person about something that's happening somewhere and, oh my god, what do you think about this? Those types of alt-media types and the fact checker industry that comes along and says, hey, that's wrong and we can show you why. Uh, all, and and how that completely pollutes the search terms for these types of subjects. So now if you go and start looking for livestock and vaccine information, you're going to find all these fact checks about these stupid internet posts about these people who are spreading lies and you will not be able to find a lot of this information, which again is as you have seen in Solutions Watch very recently, why the magic words are always important. Um, but I, I think it's interesting, don't you think, that there's those that alt media that spreads easily debunkable garbage and the fact checkers who are happy to come along and debunk the debunkable garbage. Meanwhile, the real information gets lost. And don't worry. I mean, they'll often insert a lot of real good alt-media type of information in those posts with those unsourced, unverified, unverifiable, flat-out wrong claims in order to muddy the waters. I just find that very interesting. I hope you do too. More to the point, I hope you got some information out of this Dreamweaver and everyone else in the audience who is interested in this subject. As I say, plenty of show notes to go through today. I hope you will take advantage of them. But that's going to do it for today's exploration. I am James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Looking forward to talking to you again in the very near future.